It seems to me that we've been left in a bit of a mess. AmeriCorps fatalities have jumped in nearly all major cities where the forces have been deployed. Chicago, New York City, and Atlanta have been especially fraught. Liberal lobbyists have dropped out of contention for a major court restructuring bill, allowing populist conservative politicians to move forward. As of this afternoon, Stark Industries is on a semi-permanent hiatus. We have received word that SHIELD is currently under review by the NSA, the CIA, and the UN. While Maria Hill could not be reached for comment, she has announced that her congressional hearing next week would be enlightening. For the third quarter in a row, the Young Avengers have not received any funding and are under pressure to either return to the Avengers purview or to disband. Fires, protests, and riots have finally stopped in Harlem. It appears the five boroughs are slowly being brought to order. Good morning, listeners. You're here with Margot and Ricky during the breakout hour, your source for superhero news and local cataclysmic events. So let's start off with the big news of the day. I am so thrilled. Misty Knight, ex-detective, former hero for hire, and possibly one of the most intelligent, kind, and badass women I have ever met, has reopened the hotline established by Sam Wilson, former Captain America. On this show, Misty heard and responded to one of our callers. She has since announced that she will continue to serve the five boroughs and possibly even New Jersey if Miss Marvel ever needed to call for backup. She has solicited the help of Joaquin and the re-reformed Diamondback to become a part of her team. We'll keep you up to date as she takes on the challenge, but we're excited and frankly extremely grateful that Misty Knight has stepped up despite everything else that's going on. A scholarship has been set up in his name, and an anonymous donor has announced that an abandoned Harlem building will be converted into a youth center dedicated to Alvin Halliday. All this is great, Rick, but do you know what I want to talk about? Misty Knight's shoulders. No. Her boots, maybe. Nope. Do you want to talk about our voicemail box? You bet. Listeners, we have to thank you again once more. We've received an incredible amount of support, hate, information, and stories of resistance and resilience. Sage has done a great job protecting the show from becoming a soapbox or a megaphone, but today we're going to talk to some of the people who have critiques and criticism for superheroes. Sam Wilson, the hotline, our politics, our justice system, and even us. Our opinions? Up for debate? It's a brave new world. All right, who's first? We've got a voicemail from Rowan asking about violence. Let's roll that. So we all know that superheroes are basically experts at punching people really hard, but it seems like there's a lot of issues surrounding violence and protest. Sam Wilson spoke out about the protests surrounding Rage's death, but sort of, uh, didn't talk about where the violence came from. It seems hypocritical that he can preach peaceful protest when his response to a problem is usually just punch it until it's not an issue anymore. How can he justify saying that people shouldn't be violent while also resorting to violence himself? This is a pretty tough question. 
I don't think so. He's asking how superheroes are allowed to take the law into their own hands. No, no. This is more specific. You don't think Rowan is talking about vigilantism? This is a question of respectability politics. Rowan is asking how Sam Wilson can want peace and still enact violence. I mean, that seems fair, right? It isn't. Black people have been faced with societal violence, police violence, and lawful institutional violence during our entire tenure in the United States. To turn our desire for peace into an act of restriction makes black people passive victims of the system, which is something that we aren't. Right. I wasn't trying to imply that. Yeah, I know. Look, this question taps into a really complicated and, yeah, sometimes violent history of resistance. But I think that at the end of the day, we just need to step back and ask if we're holding other superheroes to this standard. And if we aren't, why are we singling out a black man for this kind of critique? I don't think anyone ever really wants to resort to violence, especially at a protest. Right. Hopefully people aren't out there just looking for an excuse to blow up a car. It's hard to judge what people do in the heat of the moment, especially during something like a protest where people are often trying to defend their basic human rights or demand basic respect. What we can say is that if violence occurs at protests and marches, it should be examined and critiqued through the lens of history and with a huge amount of compassion and understanding, especially if you are not part of the people who are protesting. Oh my god. What? What does that look for? You're so naive. How do you live in NYC? Margo, I've lived here for 10 years. Local businesses opened without walls or windows. Many school teachers taught in Central Park North when schools were closed. Groups of young men and women helped clean up the streets in the wake of police-instigated violence. Shelters booked to capacity have inspired local sports clubs and lounges to open their spaces to displaced communities. Free meals served after many restaurants were hurt by counter-protesters. We also have a letter here from Kartik, who writes, You know, I don't really like how you always seem to bring race into the conversation. I know that Sam Wilson is black. Why do you keep mentioning it? I don't want to hear another conversation framed around race. It seems like it doesn't help. Kartik, trust me. If I could have a single conversation about Sam Wilson, Captain America, superhero, and all-around genuine good dude without talking about race, I would literally throw a parade. Unfortunately, a lot of the stuff we talk about in regards to Sam Wilson is influenced by the fact that he has brought out a vocal racist response from the public. Yeah, and he's a black man, and he's got his own point of view. He's lived experiences, you know? It's a part of him. Yeah, I don't think Kartik's tone really hits the right note. But yeah, if we as a society could move past race, that would be super awesome. Yeah, I mean, if I could talk about Captain America without having to think about his race, or even contextualize him within that paradigm, I would literally shit a chicken. Marco, what the hell? It's an expression. Where? Queens. That sort of explains it. 
but I still feel really confused. Why don't we listen to the next voicemail? Yes, please. Anything but this. This is from Chelsea. Something that I've always had an issue with is the way that superheroes flaunt the law while claiming to maintain peace and justice. It's just not fair. The justice system is flawed, but we should be focusing on fixing that rather than supporting these vigilantes. I'm incredibly uncomfortable with superheroes as a police force, and I'm also upset by the privatisation of urban police forces. I didn't ask for Americops, and I certainly didn't ask for Sam Wilson. So why are these guys trying to tell me what to do? Another comrade. Easy, Tiger. So I think that Chelsea and I are in the same boat, right? We desperately want order, and we desperately want to believe in a government that is self-contained and resilient. But our government is terrible. I'm not arguing. Our government is pretty unilaterally terrible. But you still want a government? Look, I'm not an anarchist. I want us to uh, radically revolutionize certain parts of our government. But I mean, the National Park Service is pretty great. Chelsea, getting back to your statement, I think that you're looking at your ideal version of the country and looking at what we have and seeing two vastly different pictures. I also agree with you. A privately run justice system is deeply flawed. There's a lot of stuff out there that we need to fix. We need more oversight of superheroes, absolutely. We need to abolish the Americops, but we can't expect that to heal itself. I think in the meantime, superheroes might be a good stopgap. I mean, here's the thing. I understand why Chelsea is upset. It feels like a lot of the things that make up our democratic process are being taken away because some people were born with incredible abilities or have built a fancy flight suit, and it feels like our ability to self-determine our own method of justice in government and laws is being thrown in the gutter for the sake of something that I would argue is an easy way out. Do you think that this reaction is because of a lack of control or a lack of self-determination? I think there's a lot of bad feeling here because so many people think that there is no more public control over what happens to the public in the public sector. And, you know, we can't vote out superheroes. Taking into account the current state of our public justice system and our government, what would you like to see as a middle ground? I I just think the public needs a way to control superheroes, right? The Avengers, the World Security Council, just something. Like, there's too many of them, and we can't control them, and we need to. A lot of people would argue that a superhero's ability to make decisions immediately and with authority is exactly what makes them effective. But, but look, when they make a wrong decision, or when they do something wrong or morally questionable, or even when superheroes serve another purpose other than helping the public, what then? I mean... Oversight. If, I mean, it's just, if there's no other option, right, then there's got to be some kind of system in place. If superheroes are going to stick around, we need better oversight and we need some kind of safeguard. And the government would come up with this? Maybe. Or maybe there's like another UN or something that could do it. You seem to have all the answers earlier. Damn it, Margot. I'm an amateur radio personality, not a diplomat. All over the city, citizens and neighbors are banding together and working even harder to establish a safe haven. Solidarity is uniting immigrant families and communities in Queens and Brooklyn, and a memorial festival is already being planned in Prospect Park. 
It seems as if, once again, New York City has become stronger despite the adversity it has suffered. Black, Latino, Chinese, and Indian communities have formed a massive intergenerational and interfaith action workshop, and they will be attending town hall meetings and calls for representation across the city. Misty Knight has reopened her Heroes for Hire business, taking over the hotline, and is currently answering calls in all five boroughs and has been accompanied by Miss Marvel, who will establish her own branch of Heroes in Newark. We have another caller who left a voicemail for us. Uh, let's see what Sean has to say. One of the things that really gets me about superheroes is the fact that so many of them just make the rest of us normal people feel nervous. They always talk about big changes and the need for superhuman strength and perseverance. And at the end of the day, I feel like they want us to be afraid. I feel like superheroes benefit when we're afraid of a world without them in it. I don't think Sam is exempt from this either. He made himself the oversight when there were reports of Americops gone bad, and I felt like it only increased the tensions, like things were so bad we needed a superhero to step in. I mean, it's not just him, but superheroes are the ones that profit when everyone else is afraid. It's fear-mongering. We should call it that. You know, I don't think I've ever thought of it that way. It's certainly interesting. I'm just wondering where the source of the fear is coming from. Usually not the superheroes, that's true, but he makes a good point. Sometimes superheroes make things worse for people without powers. Like in Sean's example, the Americops are the issue, not Sam. But he has a point. Sam's statement escalated tensions and everyone was waiting for something to happen. Yeah, I guess. I just have an issue with calling this sort of situation in response fear-mongering. The term is harsh, yeah, but maybe something along those lines. Fear-heightening? Mm, I don't like that. I don't think that fear is ever something that superheroes want to incite or want to benefit from. I think that superheroes feel that they've done their job when people feel safe. But you see that sometimes superheroes make things worse. I feel like anyone who has any authority to declare a kind of emergency or a kind of state of unsafety will inevitably end up scaring some people. I just want to say one more thing and then let's move on. Alright, what's that? In this case, Sam Wilson was warning us against a threat. I know that he didn't want us to be scared. He wanted us to be vigilant and ready. His intentions are very important. Yeah, intention is definitely something we have to consider. Um, let's move on. We have an email here from Marion who writes, I'm just opening up a new business and you would not believe the kind of insurance I have on superhero related damages. It's absolutely insane. All because I have a storefront in a certain part of New York City. It's incredibly upsetting that these people are causing so much damage that they're actually hurting the public. What happens when public parks are destroyed or public buildings? Are my taxes going into paying for their mistakes? Am I funding these people without ever getting a say in what they do? I'm starting to do some more research, and it looks like Steve Rogers was on a government salary for a long time. Like, 70 years long. That's crazy. It feels like all of these superheroes are taking advantage of the system. <laughs> Honestly, I'd like to see Tony Stark's tax returns. He's a private citizen. Sort of. Alright, sort of a private citizen. 
I mean, superheroes fall right in between public service and private citizen. They're not doing it for the money, but it's not really something they can be appointed to or whatever. Superhero damage insurance. I think that's included in my rental coverage. Davidson Insurance, two blocks over? They only do superhero insurance for big businesses and skyscrapers. Shit, skyscrapers. The event a few years ago destroyed the skyline. That was such a tragedy. I mean, to be honest, thinking about, like, the monetary cost of something in the wake of the death of thousands of people seems really harsh, but it's certainly a reality. That day had a lot of long-lasting permanent effects. It always seems like great death events always occur around these sorts of people. Mm, That's not really fair. Imagine what would have happened if superheroes hadn't been there to help out. I mean, I guess, but we're starting to get away from Marion's points. Honestly, it's just hard to put a price tag on everything that superheroes do. I'm not sure how to talk about this, to be honest. It seems really complicated, and I'm not exactly familiar with what's going on. you need to pick up this collar. What? Pick it up. (laughs) Okay, um, caller, you're on the air. Good morning, girls. Hope you don't mind me calling in unannounced. Is this? Sorry, I should have introduced myself. I'm Sam Wilson. I think y'all know about me. Mr. Wilson, it's an honor to be speaking to you. Just, just Sam. Just Sam, please. Sam, thanks for calling in. My pleasure. I've had to track down some streaming links to listen to you two. You've been talking a lot about me. Yeah, well, we had a lot of questions. I can see that. It's one of the reasons I called. I wanted to talk to you all and all your listeners about some of the things that have been going on. First, though, I want to apologize to Margot. Me? I wanted to be that person you thought I was. I wanted to show people what it could be like. Now, now I know I ain't always done the best job, but I tried. And I'm sorry I let you down. Oh, it's... No, no, don't say nothing. Just know that all that anger, all that sadness and hurt, I get it. I'm sorry for it. Thank you. You're welcome. Sam, if you don't mind me asking, what made you call in? I wanted to weigh in and stand up for myself a little bit. Do you think we were unfair? No, I think you were honest. Brutally honest sometimes, but honest. Wasn't like I didn't have it coming. Are you here to answer some questions? I think I know which ones you're going to ask. I'm not sure if I've got all the answers even now, but I'll try. Why did you give up the shield? Yeah, there it is. At the end of the day, I felt like I wasn't doing much good. I felt trapped by expectations. I felt like I wasn't even meeting my own standard for service. I just, I just lost my way. I'll admit that leaving everything like I did, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I just needed a change. I needed people to see that change. Are you going to come back? I don't know. Not like... I don't think I'll be doing Captain America again. But I'm not done helping people. I've got too much on-the-job experience to waste. I'm not ready to write a memoir either. So, what's next? I'm around. I've got plans. There's a lot of shady politics happening, a lot of stuff I'm not comfortable airing out on your station. But just know that I'm still working. I'm out there. Will we see you back in New York? Not for a while, but I've got a lot of faith in Misty and Joaquin. Those two can handle it. What can we do? We? Excuse me? 
What can we do? You said you were dealing with some dangerous people. We want to help. We mean it. Anything you need, we'll do it. I... Girls, that's kind of you, but this is a risky situation. Just... We got your back. Yeah, we're here. Thanks. That might be enough. Look, I gotta run, but listen. You girls keep this up. People are listening. You could do some damage if you keep this sort of conversation going. Thank you. That means so much coming from you. Wherever you are, be safe. Yeah, you've got friends in New York, Sam. We'll be here. I look forward to meeting you two. Keep up the fight, all right? Stand up tall when you meet injustice. Speak up when you hear hate. Resist when they tell you to comply. Do not let them use your backs to make themselves taller. Thank you for everything you're doing. Hey, we're doing this together, aren't we? I... yeah. Yeah, we are. All of us. Yeah. All of us. Remember that. I'll see you girls around. Holy shit. I'm not crying. You're crying. We just spoke to Sam Wilson on the phone. How are you not crying? Listeners, we'll be right back. I hope everyone takes what Sam Wilson said and learns from it. We're in this together. This has been Ricky Barnes and Margot Dalton for SPNYC The Breakout Hour. Thanks for listening. This show was written by Linda Codega for the Sam Wilson Birthday Bang. Full transcripts can be found on the archive of our own. Sam Wilson and Tony Stark are property of Marble Inc. used here for the purpose of parody and transformation. Our cast is Linda Codega as Ricky Barnes, August Brown as Margot, Eric Williams as Sam Wilson, the reporters are Greg Tilton as Ellis, Carter as Berenger, Edgar Ratana as Ruiz, and Rachel A. Goddard as McBride. The callers are James Cadega as Rowan, Asrae Wrights as Sean, Honey McKenna as Chelsea, and Ashton Keel as Sage. Special thanks to the many people who helped support this project, including the moderators of the Sam Wilson Birthday Bang, Mona, Kayla, and Mandy. Without your encouragement, this wouldn't have happened. Full music and production credits can be found on the archive. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. <laughs>